That magical sound you are hearing all across the country, our basketball's bouncing at college practices and exhibition games are coming soon. Everyone also wants to know about the SEC, conference home to the reigning national champions. What to look for in 22-23 in the SEC, and it all starts right now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, friends. It is October 17th, 2022. I am Missy Heydrich, National Women's Basketball Correspondent at The Next. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow me, Missy Heydrich, on Twitter. And be sure to follow the next at the next hoops and this podcast at Lockdown WBB. Well, the past couple weeks, we have dove into a host of conferences to highlight games and teams all across the country. Today, we're going to dig into the SEC, possibly the number one conference in America in women's basketball. We'll talk about the reigning national champion, South Carolina, and who's who of teams, players, and coaches, and some conference games to set your DVR for that you do not want to miss. Joining me today, I am so happy to have Gabriella Lewis, one of the fantastic journalists at The Next, who covers a wide swath of geography and teams when it comes to the SEC. She'll even be at SEC Media Days, actually, which I believe is tomorrow, October 18th. But Gabriella, here, let's get started, my dear. Let's think about um, where we were last spring as South Carolina is crowned the national champions and a few different faces, some a couple leave, new ones join, but really it's incredibly difficult to find anybody i think that's going to bet against south carolina to start this season with what don staley brings back for the 22-23 season what's the vibe at sec country and really what's everybody talking about when they talk about south carolina yeah i mean it's definitely south carolina's year i mean it was last year obviously and i think they're they're pretty unanimously the team to beat especially with you know some of the injuries that we've seen out of uconn and some other shifts um, so I think, you know, the SEC is, it's all about every team, but I think people are obviously focused in on South Carolina. Um, and, you know, I think it's a really interesting year in the SEC. You've also got a lot of influx, right? Like teams like LSU are kind of on the rise, things like that, Tennessee. Um, but then also you, you had some really important people leave the conference to, to join the draft and had a great year in their rookie years, you know, folks like Ryan Howard, Shakira Austin, um, and so I think it's definitely a year of transition for a lot of teams, but also, you know, I think things are going to look different from last year in a lot of ways and, and who's, who's really, you know, winning, but, you know, I think South Carolina is going to continue to be on top. And when you keep players like Aaliyah Boston, um, you know, in that core there, as well as this cook, like you're going to continue to play well. Yeah. It, it's hard not to. And you mentioned the draft and we saw players go to the WNBA and there was just a, a a fantastic rookie class that I think mm-hmm. made a mark on the WNBA this year. One of those people being Destiny Henderson, who was yeah. such a vital part of that run to the national championship for South Carolina last year. 
So they don't necessarily have her out front, but there are other pieces of the puzzle. One of those mm-hmm. to me, which I think it's going to be an interesting um, kind of shake up more or less because she didn't see a lot of time before injury last year is redshirt freshman guard Raven Johnson. Now she was mm-hmm. highly sought after coming out of high school as one of the best recruits in the class of 21. She goes down with an injury, misses most of last year, but now it's another fresh face in that backcourt. And if I'm Don Staley, we know that she's going to be tough on new guards, but this might just be the type of person that can replace a Destiny Henderson and you maybe don't miss a beat. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um, they've got some new talent in. They've also, uh, you know, they don't have a ton of, um, uh, pardon me, they don't have um, a ton of folks coming in um, from the transfer portal, but they do have a few that, especially in that rookie, that veteran guard position, um, they're really going to need. Kiara Fletcher was previously at Georgia Tech, um, yeah. and she's also kind of this important uh, veteran point guard presence. Um, and she, you know, played two years at George Tech and two years elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where there there may be um, some some loose footing uh, with with Henderson just being a real powerhouse. Um, but I think you know they continue to have really good other options, and you know Don Staley, uh, she knows how to coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, when you've got the Naismith Player of the Year in your front court mm-hmm. and you do a little bit of everything for you, um, you know, as long as Aaliyah Boston stays healthy. Again, I my motto always is you've got to be the best, you have to beat the best. So if someone right. wants to unseed and take South Carolina off that number one spot throughout the course of this year and every poll we're going to see from here to kingdom come, I feel mm-hmm. like you're going to be the people who are going to step up and beat them. And right. as Leah Boston goes, she stays healthy and has another fantastic year. It's going to be hard to, to bet against South Carolina. Now, one of the other teams you mentioned, you mentioned LSU, um, yes. I think. One of the other interesting teams for me is what it looks like at Tennessee, because I think Mm -hmm. what Kelly Harper has been able to do with the transfer portal, in addition to kind of surrounding her returners, uh, it seems to me that this might be the year Tennessee kind of makes that next jump. They had injuries at the end of last year. They got themselves in the NCAA tournament. They were in that Sweet 16, but couldn't get over the hump. Seems to me with a plethora of talent, that this just might be Tennessee's year. Yeah, you know, I think they've got so many folks who are really going to be important for them. Rakia Jackson, um, you know, coming out of MSU, um, joining them at Tennessee, I think is going to be really important. Tamari, Tamari Key, which they, you know, already had last year, the really important member. Jasmine Franklin, as well as also Jasmine Powell coming in off the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, I'm new to the SEC covering this, but I think what's so interesting is that you, you not only have the reigning champs and who's good now, but you have this history with teams like Tennessee and other teams who have, you know, you know, Kim Mulkey, who was not winning in the SEC, but now is here in the SEC. And you have this history. And I think Tennessee, I completely agree this year, coming off the transfer portal, coming off, you know, some injury last year, this could really be their year to kind of bring back and start to look back at that dynasty that, you know, when you, when you build it like that, it, it's easier to come back to. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. And there is, I mean, the SEC having been one of the best uh, conferences in the nation throughout the course of, you know, the past couple of decades, there is, there's a ton of history in this league as it relates to women's basketball, women's sports in general. But you mentioned Kim Mulkey, you mentioned LSU. I think the first year, her first year in Baton Rouge really has to be a success for everybody on every level. 
uh, from fan support to hosting NCAA tournament for their success, but that they most definitely are going to look a little bit different because of graduation. They were senior heavy last year. Alexis Morris comes back as that fifth year senior at point guard, but really it's going to be a lot of other faces and it kind of seems as though now this really will be a team that Kim Mulkey molds herself, that it isn't necessarily using players that, you know, you're kind of handed and then you deal with what you got. But this seems to be more of a Mulkey type roster that she's going to want to move forward and then they could compete for that top spot in the league. Completely. And I think we have to talk about Angel Reese when we're discussing that, right? That's a huge get out of Maryland. Um, you know, most projections have her as the number one most influential, you know, transfer of this season and in a historic transfer year, that's a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think LSU, I just think is going to have a really transformative year. And, um, you know, Kim Mulkey off the court, you can say a lot of things about her. Um, and, you know, I, I'm curious, honestly, how that's going to affect team rapport. Um, you know, I think she's come under a lot of um, criticism of of how she's treated her players and specifically in the light of the BG situation. Um, but I will say she she really has a strong roster and she's building something. And so I'm that's the team that I'm the most interested to watch is, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? Are you going to have these pieces come together um, and really build something really important? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? That's the beauty of, of sports. That's the beauty of basketball is that we get to go watch it. But um, yeah. And then, you know, they also have some good other transfers of Ladiziah um, Williams um, coming from South Carolina. Um, and so, yeah, no, there's, there's a, there's a lot of excitement, I think, uh, in Baton Rouge. Also, like, it's been a while. You know, the, Kim Mulkey is, is important for this program in a lot of ways. No, absolutely. And, and I think you you hit it right um, at, at the sweet spot in the sense of the transfer portal does so many great things for everybody. And it's opportunity. We know that it allows student athletes to move around. But when you it also then is kind of the rubber hits the road for coaches, right, to be able mm -hmm. to mold your roster together to be able to say is this you know are we going to be able to make this work now we've got a ton of new faces coming from all different places everyone has their own high expectations when they show up on a campus and it is up to that coaching staff to be able to put you know their stamp on it but then also to be able to say hey this is what we have to do to be competitive we you know our job here is to win games we want to mm -hmm. be able to up you know they lsu with their season last year they finished 13 and 3 in the SEC, 25 and five overall. I mean, those are numbers that you can't argue with, right. but that also makes it highly, highly competitive at the top. Okay. Yes. So we're going to talk in just a moment. Next up, we're going to break down some of the talent, a couple new coaches also in this league in the SEC. Mm -hmm. But first, are you wasting money on subscriptions? It happens to all of us. I know it happens at my house. 80% of people have sub subscriptions that they forget about. And for you, it could be an unused Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. Then there's this great app I use that helps track all expenses. And because of it, people no longer are wasting money on subscriptions that they don't use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash NBA. I am Missy Heidrich, and thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen. Now make your second listen game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result in leagues and conferences all across the country. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across those leagues and conferences you want to talk about with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On and be available on Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heidrich. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Women's Basketball. I am with Gabriella Lewis. All right, Gabriella, we we talked about some of that top talent. I think Mm -hmm. there's a couple other teams for me that are interesting in the SEC this year, one of them being Ole Miss. We saw them make the jump last year, get back in that NCAA tournament. They're going to be without Shakira Austin, who had a fantastic rookie season in the WNBA what's the what's this kind of the rumble this the thought process on Ole Miss will they continue to be one of those teams that kind of sits in the middle of the pack because if you're the middle of the pack in the SEC it's not a bad place to be when NCAA tournament comes yeah no I I definitely think that they have the um the possibility to really stay you know like you said the SEC is potentially one of the more competitive conferences in the country um if not the most and uh you know, if you're staying in the middle there, you're doing well. And I definitely think they have the possibility to, right? Um, they've got Maya Taylor, who's a transfer from Mississippi State, uh, which is a, a pretty big get. Um, I think she'll be an important um, position there, um, as well as also they have Angel Baker, who, um, you know, is the sixth player of the year last year. So they do, uh, you know, have some folks who are, who are important. And they're obviously going to miss Shakira Austin, right? She just won a gold medal um, at the World Cup. She yeah. had an incredible rookie season as well as also a senior season. Um, and so I, I I, can't say that that's not going to hurt them, but I do think that, that there's um, a lot of possibility there um, to, to be able to kind of capitalize off of what they did last year. But, you know, they had 10 players either finishing their eligibility or electing to transfer last season. So there was a bit of an exodus. Um, But I, so, you know, that's another team where I think things could could kind of go either way. Um, But, you know, I think uh, Yolette McPhee McQueen is, is their coach. And I think she's got some really strong roots to be able to, you know, pull things together. Absolutely. One other team that jumps out at me before we talk about some of the coaching changes is Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at where they were last year at, at seven and nine, 18 and 13 overall, not at all. I think the season that Mike neighbors was looking for after having such a trajectory of a couple seasons of really big time success in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be interested to see what kind of team that they bring to the floor because they've got a lot of, they've got some new faces with the transfer portal, et cetera as most everybody in the country does. Um, Mm. It's about molding that team together. But if I'm Mike Neighbors, he likes likes fast pace. They want to get out and guard, and they want to get out in transition. But sometimes you've got to have the bodies, and you've got to have the people that can pull that game plan off. Maybe your thought on where Arkansas sits in this, and will we see them make that jump towards the upper portion of this league this season? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
you know, I think they have Samar Spencer, who was the freshman of the year last year in the SEC. And I think that's obviously, uh, you know, having young talent like that. And, you know, as well as also folks like Amber Ramirez, who was on the second, who was named the second team last year. Those are good. But, you know, what concerns me about Arkansas is they definitely have some talent coming to the transfer portal. But compared to the rest of the SEC and honestly compared to the rest of the country, it's not like they had a huge haul. And um, I I think when you're seeing the LSUs, when you're seeing the Tennessees, you know, um, even other programs like Ole Miss, things like that, um, that's a little bit concerning, right? Are you going to be able to stay competitive? Um, And, you know, you have have seasoned coaching there, which is good. But I – you know, I'm not sure if they, you know, to, to, to hit a slump after that year, I'm not sure they're inserting the energy they may need that other teams already. Like I think of Texas A&M with Joni Taylor going there. I think they are going to have a really resurgence of energy that is going to be uh, extremely important for them. Um, I think of Florida, you know, they not a new coach, but, you know, a young, exciting coach who's really kind of bringing new things to the table. I know we'll kind of get into this. So, you know, I think Arkansas totally has potential, but, you know, it, it concerns me on comparison to some of the other teams um, in this conference. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's question marks, right? I mean, we know everything's got question marks. We know that they're all going to have to answer some of those. Some will answer them earlier. Some will, will take a few weeks. It may even take a couple months to be able to answer some of the questions about some of these teams. But I think Arkansas might present a host of more than maybe mm-hmm. others. Um, especially when you think about how competitive night in, night out it is in the SEC. Okay, so let's talk about some of these new faces and new coaches. Now, one is really just a change, and then it created a domino effect. So when Taylor goes to Texas A&M, that leaves the Georgia job open, and Katie Abramson Henderson takes that job, comes from Central Florida, and with her came a host of bodies and people and top-notch talent so let's talk about Georgia first, because yeah. you mentioned, I think, the history, sort of the, the um, programmatic long-term success that we see in the SEC, and Georgia's had that. It was Andy Landers, Joni Taylor had that program. They are you know, consistently in the SEC, uh, top half of the SEC and in the tournament. But now when you look at the talent that's coming with Coach Abe to Georgia, I mean, they jump up pretty fast on everybody's mm-hmm. Lists in a quick hurry. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, we love a domino effect, right? That's, that's so fun. And I, this was a dramatic one, right? Like, I think UGA is, is going to be, UGA is, you know, close to me. Hopefully I'll, I'll be seeing quite a few games on that. Of, but yeah, you know, I think someone that is especially important is Diamond Battles that's coming to UGA. Um, and, you know, also, I just think, it's something to note that you have a bunch of players who follow their coach, right? That means that they have made a, a pretty tremendous, this coach has made a pretty tremendous impact on their lives. And, you know, I, after covering the dream last season with Nisha, right, just seeing what a, what a bond, what a core that is. And then, you know, I also um, just around when you have a good coach and when you, when you really care for one another and um, you know, someone else I covered on the dream was Maya Caldwell, who, came out of UGA. And, you know, I think people really care about that program at UGA and they really care about the grit that they bring to that program. And I just see high buy-in. And I think that's that's really good for the folks who are there. And, you know, so much of, of winning is team culture. So I'm really excited uh, for that. And I'm also, you know, I, I think Joni Taylor going to Texas A&M is going to be another really fascinating um 
thing that we're going to see. Um, and like you said, domino effect definitely affected quite a few folks, including um, her husband leaving the dreams coaching staff. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think we're, we've got, we've got an exciting moment there. And the, one of the games that I'm really excited for is the UGA Texas A&M game. I'm, I'm calling it the Joni Taylor game. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I, I think it's, you talked about energy and, you know, there's a, such a long-term history of success of Texas A&M women's basketball mm-hmm. and what Gary Blair did there in winning a national championship and building that. But, you know, sometimes it does, it just takes a, it takes a, a new breath of energy, something mm-hmm. different, different philosophy, um, different recruiting philosophy. Maybe you just never know. And I think both of these coaches bring something new to the table for those programs with then is only going to enhance what the SEC is all about. One more coach I want to talk about, you mentioned it real quick, and that is Kelly Ray Finley. They took the interim tag off her at Florida last year. It was a tumultuous season in Gainesville for their women's basketball program. But when it was all said and done, you know, that Florida team finished 10 and 6. They were 21 and 10. It, the bottom did not fall out. And I think you have to give some of that credit to her as well as to those young women for sticking together. Um, but maybe your thoughts on this new face, kind of old face, but truly new head coaching face at Florida and where this program goes, knowing that there is so much talent just in the state of Florida itself, how you can capitalize right. on that's a great, great point. And something that, you know, I, I don't even know if I really thought about how much, you know, a, a team like that means to the region. Um, but yeah, no, you know, when she was named the the head coach, I think people were really excited. It's this young, newer energy and also coming from a program that, you know, had obviously some real toxicity, some, some alleged, um, you know, <clears throat> real issues in the program. And so I think this is a, a new, you know, something stronger. And I, I love when a team, goes from an interim coach and then they keep that interim coach because that means they really thought about it. That means that they're bringing on someone who knows the program, but really wants to bring something new to it. Um, And, and, you know, that team is so young. um, And so I think there they're going to have, are not some issues, but I just think, you know, it's it's both energy, but, you know, they got Aaliyah Mathuru from um, Texas, which I think is is a good, she will bring some of more of that veteran energy to a pretty young, a young team. Um, and yeah, I think that's such a good point about what they can mean for Florida, right? Like we've seen this across, across the country. When you have basketball programs that really matter, that influences everything. And if you can get a team um, in Florida to, to really become, become competitive in a way that they haven't been in a little while, um, I think that would be a real game changer. And, you know, people want to stay close to home in a lot of instances. So, so why not? And, you know, we see so many really uh, dynamic players coming out of Florida. No, I, that, I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, everybody, you don't, it, it's kind of that untapped scenario of there really is something to be said about kids saying, you know what, if I can go to a, a top notch program and I can play at a P five school and SEC type competition, and I can stay close to home or within driving distance or whatever that mm-hmm. is, now all of a sudden there's so many more opportunities and so many more kids that are going to look that way and say, you know what, Florida might be the place for me, but that a lot of that will be based on, you know, what Kelly Ray Finley is able to put together this season and kind of the trajectory and the culture she builds there. Now she's got to do it and it's got to be her own. And I think that's incredibly important. All right. When we come back, we are going to give you some of those key conference matchups. Gabriella already mentioned one. And so we got to look for some games that you're going to want to mark on your calendar and maybe a few SEC media day storylines. 
to keep an eye out as well. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. I live in the state of Kansas. Sports wagering is now legal, so it's really hard not to find somebody who's going to be on their phone every weekend. It could be college football, NBA, it's or NBA, and it's uh, the NFL. Now you've got the Major League Baseball playoffs. Get ready. Those phones are hot. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, as we said, MLB, the playoffs are here, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Missy Heydrich here at Locked On Women's Basketball with Gabrielle Lewis. Thank you for listening and watching with us. All right. We've talked a lot about some of the teams. We've talked about some of the coaches. But when the rubber meets the road, we know that these teams are all going to have tough non-conferences. They're going to set themselves up. But then we get to the end of December and SEC play starts right before the end of the 2022 calendar. The first games are December 29th, and then they skip to New Year's Day on January 1st. But it, it's hard sometimes because I think we want to we want to try to say, oh, these are going to be the marquee matchups. But mm-hmm. then on the flip side, there's just a lot of really tough places to play in the SEC. And yeah. if, if you get good fan support, which they do, and women's basketball is popular, you could go into a place like Arkansas, or you could go to, if you're Georgia and you open at Alabama on December 29th, and all of a sudden Alabama's playing well and they've created some energy, that's a hostile environment. It just seems to me that it's really hard to take a night off in the SEC. I completely agree. Yeah, I think, you know, even in these these matchups that may not, you, you may think that what one thing's going to happen, we obviously don't know. And I think, like you said, you've got, some real energy surrounding women's basketball across the country, but I think definitely in the SEC. And these are these are schools that they've got great fan bases all around. Um, and so, you know, that that should really be exciting. I, I think, um, you know, a good example of that is is last year in Missouri. Uh, you know, South Carolina right. losing to them. Um, you know, Sophie Cunningham front row going crazy for it. Um, and you know, that's there's going to be a rematch of that in January, which I think is going to be that's on my list of games to watch. Um, you know, that that one that looked like it really stung for South Carolina. So we'll see if if more magic can happen for Missouri. Yeah, no, and now we talked a couple of teams we talked about, which I think are going to be in that top 25 conversation all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas AM goes to South Carolina. That's the first game for both of those teams on December 29th, once we flip the calendar to 2023. Then South Carolina is going to go to Georgia on Monday the 2nd. So right out of the gate, I feel like it's going to kind of set the tone in early January. And then it might even be a matchup of Ole Miss at Georgia. That's middle of January. So, again, some of these games I think will tell us a lot early. And it's going to kind of come down to the factor of who's going to be playing well at the time and that you can't take a night off in this league. But tell me a little bit if there's any others that really kind of strike your fancy that you circle that you know you're going to be watching. 
I'm excited. This is maybe not one that people would bring up immediately, but on January 8th, we've got Tennessee Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt's program we haven't talked about, but I'm also, that's another program I'm excited about. You know, you've got Shay Ralph at the helm and I think they're growing. It's, it's, you know, they're, they may not be uh, top of the SEC this year, but that's important. Um, So that's the battle of Tennessee that I'm excited for. Um, You know, you've got uh, the, the Georgia uh, Texas A&M game, what I'm calling the Joni Taylor game on the 22nd. Um, yeah, and then uh, you've got LSU Tennessee on the 30th of January, which I think that's going to be a good game. Like I'm saying, I think those are two of those teams where I think they're kind of at a similar level. Um, you know, I think Tennessee they have the edge there, but it's we'll, we'll see. Um, and then going later, you know, you've got LSU um, South Carolina um, in February, and then South Carolina Tennessee in February as well. So there's there's a lot of good stuff and that's just the interconference play um you know yeah. there's some really exciting stuff where we're seeing um you know some Yukon South Carolina games some Stanford South Carolina um some Tennessee uh, Tennessee uh Stanford so there's going to be i think there's really going to be some exciting uh some exciting matchups Oh, absolutely. You'll there'll never be a night where I think that you're not going to see good basketball when it comes to SEC. And as it really is the same message all across every other league in the country, you've got to hold home court and you got to steal a couple on the road. And that's going to be incredibly important. We saw what that sort of momentum did last year for Missouri beating South right. Carolina. It gave them just another bump at that part of the season where it, it could have gone the other direction. You know, the wheels could have fallen off if you were Mizzou. Right. But it didn't. They used that to the to their advantage. The SEC Women's Basketball Tournament will be held in Greenville, South Carolina. That will be that first week of uh, March. So the regular season ends February 26th. Georgia at South Carolina will be one of the last games on the regular season before they go to the conference tournament. I think that's one to look out for as well. All right. Now, I know you're headed to SEC Media Days this week. Any interesting storylines, anything that you might think might, you know, be on the top of what everybody talks about as they all get together and preview this season? Yeah, you know, I think people are all eyes are going to be on South Carolina, right? What what does this offseason look like? You know, what's the mentality going into this year? And, you know, when you hear athletes talk about this, sometimes coming off a loss is more motivating than coming off a win. And I think that's something that I'm definitely going to be looking at. You know, you can't really totally see that on media day, but it's important. Um, yeah. I think, you know, some of this exodus, like a team like Kentucky, I'm, I'm very interested to hear about, you know, the losing of Ryan Howard. They had a c- couple other folks leave. Um, and and what does that really mean for them in a rebuild? Um, and then, you know, like the teams that we've kind of talked about who are, who are growing and who are potentially going to really make some waves. I think, you know, that'll be interesting. And then last time Kim Mulkey did, um, any sort of media that that really hit viral in our in our community of you know saying that she'd make no comment on Brittany Griner and um, that's something that I'm definitely going to be watching out for. I'm sure she'll get questions on that. And uh, you know she obviously has made kind of her her non opinion clear, um, but we'll we'll see if she's got more to say. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It will be a very interesting storyline to watch. Yeah. Um, in an environment that, you know, is open to everybody and gives gives media as well as a lot of other people a chance to ask those questions. Um, I'll be interested to see if the, if the answer is different or mm-hmm. if she's doing it the way she has. Um, you know, there is, as you said, it creates a lot of um, a lot of conversation 
not only, I think, just in the women's basketball community, yeah. but as we have seen that this has been a topic that has been front and center. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it's not just something that's being talked about in sports world. It is a conversation right. that's happening in a lot of other places. Hard to ignore it. More than likely, probably something that comes up. But yeah. let's also hope that they that everybody that's there continues to keep the focus on how great the SEC is going to be this year and how what outstanding basketball I think we're going to see from top to bottom. All right, so I know that the I know that the polls aren't out or mm -hmm. you know the rankings or whatever. This is probably one of the easiest questions you get to answer all week. Who do you think wins the SEC this year? I mean, South Carolina, definitely. But right, we, we saw them get upset at last year. So you just really never know. And that's why it's so great. But, you know, I think record-wise, it would be a shock if, if it wasn't. Um, but I'm really excited to see some – I think we're going to see definitely some competitive play. And, um, I mean, obviously. But I think that, you know, someone may give them a run for their money a little bit. You are absolutely right. And that's the best part of college sports is the fact yeah. you never know what you are going to get night in and night out. Just ask Tennessee football fans or Alabama fans. I think some of them right. are looking at wounds today, right? So there's a little SEC right back at you. Exactly. All right, Gabrielle, thank you so much. Uh, tell everybody where they find you on a daily basis and where you'll be this week. All right. Well, I will be in Birmingham, Alabama tomorrow, and I will be um, asking all the questions I can. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Gabriella Lewis. Um, Gabriella is with two L's and I'll be tweeting about all the festivities tomorrow. It's going to be a big day. So, um, follow me over there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and thank you everybody for watching and listening with us. You can find me at Missy Hydrick on Twitter and all of my amazing colleagues at the next tubes and at that, at, at the next tubes on Twitter and Follow this podcast at Locked On WBB. Please join me here on Mondays to talk everything college hoops. Come back this week for more episodes on Locked On Women's Basketball, college basketball news and notes, international basketball highlights and action. And we know that there are WNBA moves coming, especially in those head coaching positions. There's going to mm -hmm. be some domino effects. So everybody be ready and you'll find it all right here with us at Locked On Women's Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. The NBA season is here and our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for watching. Come back every day right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. We have got you covered all season long.